This is Restless. Well, this is Restless without me, the host, Matt. I have turned the show completely over to the capable hands of Pastor Michael. So we'll see what he has for you while I'm gone taking care of a new human being. I hope all is well with you. All is going pretty well for us as I record this, at least. I can't wait to hear right along with you whatever these episodes include. Welcome back, everybody, to Restless. It's still just me, uh, but not just me, but it's, it's still me, Pastor Michael, hosting the show. I know you want Matt back. I know you're sick of it, uh, but that, <laughs> this is just what you get at this point. I can't help it. Uh, you know, tell tell Matt to uh, leave his wife and baby and come and record again. Uh, you can you can uh, reach him on Twitter, but uh, I'm I'm still going to be joined with some friends. We have once again Elijah and Noah. Uh, they are here to join us. You just heard them probably last week, and they're back. And guys, this is going to be maybe a little bit more uh, fun. Not that we didn't have fun last time, uh, but this this time we get to have a little bit of fun with Gunger. Fun with Michael Gunger. He's not here, by the way. He's not here, everyone. Uh, but I guess I should have you guys say hi, because people just listening are only going to hear my voice otherwise so far. <laughs> Hello, I'm Elijah, <laughs> one of the hosts of the Simper Doctrina podcast. Happy to be back on this podcast. I I am Noah. I am the lowly co-host of the Simper Doctrina podcast, and I am also glad to be back here. Even though Elijah really stuck a dagger in my heart in the last episode and really belittled our friendship, I, I'm still here. I still love him. I still love Pastor Michael. So we're going to keep going. You can go back and listen to Elijah's uh, demeaning words if you haven't <laughs> yet. Um, maybe we'll have some more demeaning words, but, uh, you know, directed not, in, not a, towards in a Noah, different way. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not towards me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to talk, I, you know, I had reached out to you guys and said, honestly, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so actually, the, the first episode that we did was basically just stuff that Matt sent me. Um, I, I don't even think he knew we were recording tonight. He just happened to text me, hey, here's some ideas if you record with Elijah and Noah. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to take these and we're going to do that. But before that, uh, we, you, you know, Elijah, you had mentioned that you maybe had some good stuff from Michael Gunger. And um, and I have some thoughts and experiences with uh, the current form of what is this uh, this thing called Gunger. And so would love to would love uh, to talk a bit about that. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're we're having fun with Gunger. I almost said Funger at one point, And then I thought, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a rough word. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I should use that one a I don't lot. Know. But depends on I don't how, think how late we go, ugly, how much that's fun. That's an ugly having. sounding word. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty gross sounding word. Uh, but honestly, so is so is Gunger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's Gung, Gunger doesn't sound nice. Uh, so we're gonna start off like this. Uh, I, I did not prep you guys for this at all, but um, I have actually a piece of restless trivia that. Uh, I I wanted to run past you. And it's this. Uh, What Gunger song uh, did Matt, the host of the Restless Podcast, uh, who doesn't get to be here to defend himself, what Gunger song did he have played at his wedding? I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit and say beautiful things. 
It is. It has to be beautiful things, right? Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> I almost asked it like, you know, what song from Gunger did he play and why is it beautiful things? <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's just thing. Now here's the deal. Just just in uh in hearing that, I had that song stuck in my head the rest of the night. I've yeah. like I've had that song in my head ever since. It's a catchy tune. It is. Uh, you it know, is. it's it's not a terrible song either. Like, no, no, it's like generally it's okay. Um, and you know, maybe we can talk about, talk about that. But so Michael Gunger was a popular, popular musician. I don't even know when exactly he started. It's hard for me to remember in, in my own timeline when, when a lot of his stuff started to get more popular. And part of that is because I didn't listen to a lot, a lot lot of christian music um there like there was maybe some of the like christian punk screamo stuff that i listened to some uh but otherwise like i was serious like i just did not listen to a lot uh of this stuff i wasn't actually listening to a lot of worship music i did listen to a handful of the mars hill bands um quite a bit and so you know i'll give give them some credit for for my my uh listening time but uh, other than that i just was I don't know why. I just didn't. Um, I would listen to tons of sermons. I would listen to tons of other things. I just didn't listen to a lot of, of that um, kind of music. And so beautiful things. I remember that song. That song's really like, you know, it still sticks in my head, but that's because it was sung at churches or, you know, at different events that I was a part of. Uh, but I do know that Gunger was massive um, in the circles that I was in, right? This was, and he was the good artist, right? Like he was, he was the he's a Christian artist, but he's also really good at what he does. He makes right. stuff that might actually end up on like secular radio because right, <laughs> right, that's what musician, seems, right? Yeah. So how much? How much did you guys uh, listen to Gunger back in his heyday? Well, he was yet a Christian artist. So, um, you know, how much experience did you have with him? This is our love hate relationship with the mega church we grew up in. Um, this mega church fell prey to um, the emergence movement, which um, I guess Gunger later on really became like the musician for the emergent church. Um, so I couldn't name a lot of their songs, but I'm, I'm sure if we were to pull it up on Spotify and start listening to it, like, it's like, Oh yeah. I remember singing that in a youth group. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty I, I know sure. I'm pretty sure beautiful things was like the anthem of our youth group forever. I mean, like, <laughs> I just remember listening to that, like, singing that so many times in, in youth group. It was ridiculous. <laughs> when it, yeah, when it just starts, it starts building up, you know, everybody's getting jazzed. It's, uh, yeah. No, how many times would you say you cried to that song? <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, I don't think at all. <laughs> um, I, I no. can say every single retreat that I went on up until like eighth grade, I cried at that song. So <laughs> that's horrible for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I, I'm not a big crier. I was never a big crier during worship and I'm still not a big crier during worship guy. Um, and yeah, I didn't find, find it that moving and Part of that was probably the fact that I wasn't a Christian. And so, you know, none of it there was moving to me like in the slightest. Um, so, you know, if it makes you feel any better, neither was Gunger. So, <laughs> so uh, 
I mean, that brings us to where we're at, right? So this, um, you know, a major artist, a major, you know, uh, a, a big name in the kind of Christian recording world. And again, seen as like one of the good ones, one of the like mm -hmm. really artistic, well done. Right. Um, and, and so he's gone through a pretty intense, uh, you know, deconversion. Uh, he's very uh, well-known, big, and kind of the ex-evangelical movement. Uh, now I, you know, I didn't even have time and I, and I don't necessarily care to go into detail about everything that happened to him. At one point he and his wife, uh, they like were co-pastors of a church, um, that they were starting and, you know, just stuff that you should know it's going off the rails, but you don't. Um, and, um, so he now is in a position where, um, I, you know, I don't know. Is he still running his podcast? Um, he, for a while, he had a podcast going on um, with with another guy, basically talking about some of these issues of, you know, problems of the for the things he he didn't uh, believe anymore. So what I want to do, it, it might take me a second. I want to pull up as a way to get started on on some of these things, and we're just going to react to a few things that he now puts out because again, they, he was a he was a well known name. And, and not only um, has he in, in many ways, you know, publicly, uh, publicly renounced the faith in different ways, although he wouldn't probably say it quite like that. Um, he's taken a lot of people with him, right? He's influenced a lot of people in this direction. Uh, and so even I, you know, I had a, an experience where I knew somebody who was, you know, having just some questions about the faith, maybe some doubts from having grown up and in just a certain kind of tradition and seeing a lot of people uh, who were walking away from the faith in from, you know, from church and from Bible college and things like that. He just started to, you know, make him question things. And, and he one time sent me one of Michael Gunger's podcasts to listen to and just ask what my thoughts were uh, about, you know, um, this. And I listened to it and it was, it was hot garbage, right? I mean, it was a dumpster <laughs> fire and, yeah, we'll get into some of that because it's gonna it's gonna come out. Let me find a way to share this video. Didn't ever expect to make. Yep. I am church shopping. For those of you who just have followed me recently, or maybe you haven't known my whole story, here's a quick recap. I was raised a pastor's kid, worship leader. I began to tour the world as a worship leader, got awards and and recognition for that and then i very publicly sort of deconstructed my faith my beliefs anyway and uh became a bit of a black sheep in that music industry for a long time i stayed away from all things christian and then i began to after a lot of searching through different religions and traditions and practices began to rediscover aspects of my own upbringing that i loved and now i've kind of come full circle where i actually find a lot of beauty in a tradition that surrenders oneself to God. So there's that video. So this is, man, oh, I uh, yeah, I'm just going to get uh, unhappy with this. Now, here's the deal. If Michael Gunger wants to repent of his sin and trust in Christ, like I, that would be great, right? If he wants to humble himself um, and truly follow Christ, it wouldn't be the first time that God takes somebody like that um, who's who has has made such a shipwreck of so many people's faith and actually turns them around. Right. That like, I, I pray for it. Right. I want that to happen. Yeah. 
one of the things that drives me crazy, what drove me crazy when I when I first started listening to his podcast um, with you know about his kind of deconversion stuff is it from beginning to end. What you basically hear is, I mean, it has always been about him, right? It's always been about him, and when you have somebody, this is very common in the evangelical world, who basically says, hey. Um, I've realized I was completely wrong about everything that I thought and believed and was a part of before. And now I think this, or I don't know what to think. So follow me. <laughs> what? 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 Like, that's just such a crazy thing that everybody does for some reason, right? This is a very modern thing. Hey, I'm being vulnerable right here. Who is right? the guy that so genuine? Who was the guy that decided that he should come out with a course on Deacon Joshua Harris? Jo Joshua Harris like tried to like Josh sell Harris. the whole yeah, course Josh on Deacon, and he rightfully got a lot of crap for it. So mm -hmm. yeah, like that's just it's it. What it shows you is that so much of this is so fake. Now I know there are people that have thought of themselves as evangelical. They've deconverted. They're they like they are uh, you know walking away, and sometimes it's because. It's like they've legitimately experienced horrible things, right? They've they've had uh, you know uh, they've they've had pastors or spiritual leaders that abuse them. They've seen abuse. That definitely happens. But in the vast majority of cases, I think that somebody like a Michael Gunger actually just exhibits this so well for us. What's actually happened is they have just continued on in the faith that they already had, right? Because the faith that they had was always in them. It was mm -hmm. always in themselves. It was always turned inward. And so basically it was like, well, I believe in myself and God believes in me too. And then you kind of take the next step of why do I need God to believe in me? As long as I believe in myself, right? As long as I'm following what I want to do, it doesn't really matter. And I mean, sadly, like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the evangelical world, evangelical theology has moved in the direction of being incredibly self-centered. It's so focused on man. It's, it, it is um, earthly, so to speak. And so uh, like it is a somewhat of a natural step for some to just say, well, why, why do I need God for all this, right? If this is all about my own self-fulfillment, my own, you know, kind of uh, my own journey of, of finding out who I really am, well, then why do I need a third party, right? Why do I need somebody else? And what you see is it's actually just all self-centered from the beginning. Right. Even that, even this, right. Well, I'm church shopping, right. I've decided that I, there are things that, about this that I like. Now, again, I, like I pray for repentance. I want that. That would be great. Uh, and it happens, right. It actually does happen quite a bit of people that, that say, Hey, I'm walking away and they do end up coming back. But the, you know, the, the kind of person that has drawn so many people away from the faith or encourage people away from the faith, um, that this is not what repentance looks like. I, I'm just so curious into knowing what he believes surrendering to God looks like. Because <laughs> yes. like, like that, that's the thing. He's like, he's like, I think I'm ready to surrender myself to God. And but like, meanwhile, he's like, and I've searched Buddhism and Islam and Eastern <laughs> mysticism and and witchcraft and homosexuality. He didn't say homosexuality, but like, like I've explored all the things in the world, and they all have really good things. But like, you know, I think I think I need to surrender to God. And it's like, who who is one? Who is God? What does surrender mean? And then biblically surrendering to God means there is only one God. There's only one way, which is Jesus Christ. 
So to surrender is just say, I am putting for Michael Gunger, I'm putting Michael Gunger to death. In fact, it's actually Christ that's killing me so that I can live in Christ. Um, and I, I commented on on this post um, because I just thought it was a ridiculous video. It, it was just it was high class idiocy. Um, and I said, surrendering to God is to surrender to the fact that God is God alone and the worship of any other God is forbidden. God is exclusive. Surrendering to God means surrendering to his decrees, which is in his word. This is folly, man. Repent and believe the truth of the gospel. And you, you would think that, you know, being an accepting, loving dude, he would he would like, you know, engage and probably push back. Um, but his response was goobity boobity ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so spoken like a foolish man. Just gonna throw that out there. I mean, he really hit you with the gotcha on yep. that on that response. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's not surprising, right? When if you think about even the music that he made when he was, you know, saying he was a Christian, um, when those songs about worship are less about the God that we are surrendering to, and more about like just the beauty of our own virtue and surrendering. Um, you know, like, like that's the way a lot of those songs growing up in a mega church, that's, all, that's like what all those songs are, right? Um, we sing about salvation and, and Jesus, but most of the time, somehow all those songs are really about us, you know, like Pastor Michael said, right? It's the surrender is not so much a testament to God, even though we, we try to dress it up in that box, but more or less, we're just so thankful for what is true of us now. Because it's more about like me and how I feel. And so it's the same thing here, right? He he has this whole victim mentality about, you know, I was blacklisted. And, you know, does anybody know if a church would accept a heretic like me? Like everything's dressed up. You know, it's like the church has done me such a great wrong by rejecting me when I rejected everything that the church stands for. Right. right? Like, I'm a victim. How, how dare they? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm you know. Yeah. So and it does. Uh, you know, he says some of this in the video, but he also adds just on the, you know, written text, you know, after so many years of journeying through different practices and religious exploration, I'm feeling ready to plant some roots in a specific community tradition in order to find some more synergy and play and play in making this world a more beautiful place, whatever that means. Right. But uh, he says, but I need that community to be one open enough theologically and energetically to have room for someone like me who doesn't believe in any sort of religious exclusivity uh, to participate fully with all of my being, not just my giving and attendance. Do such communities or churches exist? He's literally saying, hey, as long as there's something that uh, will let me do whatever I want, believe whatever I want, and, and not just do that, but then allow me to serve in whatever capacity that I want. What he's saying is he, wa he wants a church again, right? Like he started a church before. He just wants to do that again. Uh, it's it's just that same kind of you know self-centered. I I need to be the one that's expressing myself and using right. the gifts that I have in whatever way I see fit, as opposed to, hey, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna humbly submit, I'm gonna repent of my sin, I'm gonna trust that Christ is at work, and I'm gonna listen to the older, wiser, godly men and women in this church that know more than me. That like you don't get any of that, right? <laughs> you don't get any of that, and that's it. That's the faux humility of it all. It's like, well, I'm humble because I don't believe in exclusivity. Uh, but you refuse to listen then 
to anybody who does, which is, by the way, the vast, vast majority. Uh, and so it, anyway, it's just goofy. If if just go join a country club, bro, just like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no reason to go find a church and just drag Christ's name through the mud. Like I, I, I have just such a short fuse with michael gunger now i understand for people that that may be questioning things and like really wrestling through the faith um and like i understand that michael gunger's whole deconstruction whatever you apostasy let's use biblical language his whole apostasy um arose out of uh well one unbelief and never being of us but he he said he went to um auschwitz and saw the the holocaust camp and was just kind of like like how could a good God allow for this to happen? And then he's like, well, then I can't believe in God, bro, dude, th the church has answered this for the last <laughs> 2000 freaking years. Like how dense do you have to be to not go read? Because apparently you were a pastor. Like these questions have been answered and now you are being a fool dragging people into hell. Like that, yeah. that, that I have such short fuses for people like him who just want to drag people into hell. And it, it I, I, yeah, it, it's so frustrating <laughs> to see that. Man, this is, so this is um, maybe even a good reminder for many who might be pulled into the kind of Christian culture that has created a lot of these cases. Um, on on the last on the last podcast you brought up, um, I can't remember her name. Is it Alyssa Childers? Childers. Um, so and her, you know, looking around and realizing that so many people around her, especially in this Christian music scene, Christian music industry, um, were uh, had apostatized, had had walked away from the faith in some capacity. Uh, that is really common, and that's it's not just common on that level although that's you know it's it's noticeable on that level and there are pressures that you might not have otherwise right so all of a sudden you're playing music now there's there's an actual financial benefit to you to just continue right that doesn't happen for a lot of people but there can be pressures similar to this right it could be you know it could be that you know you have built you know all of your you know all of your, uh, you know, friendships with people that are, uh, you know, a part of this youth group or a part of this this college ministry or or something like that. It could it could be something as simple as that 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 you take as this is proof that I'm in, right? This is proof that I'm like I'm I'm a part of this, right? Um, I. I believe, and it it just should point us back, I think, to um, true, simple faith, mm -hmm. and the kind of faith that directs you toward the ordinary means of grace, regular commitment to a local church, uh, where it's not a, it's not necessarily this big flashy thing. It's not necessarily um, something that you do because you get massive benefit from it. Because you make money, because you, you, um, you know, you enjoy every single person around you. Hopefully, you do, right? Hopefully, you do enjoy enjoy the folks at your church. Hopefully, mm -hmm. you're connected to them. And I, I maybe I'm, I'm, 
being a little confusing because I don't I don't want to say that some of those attachments are bad, right? It's mm -hmm. actually part of God's grace is that he uses things like community to help direct us well, Yeah. right? Bad company corrupts good morals. On the other hand, uh, it, it's those around you that are like you seeking after Christ that helped to spur you on to love and good you, works. And you even said in a recent episode, uh, I don't know if it was Patreon or um, for public, but uh for the person who is like maybe searching religion a little bit, hey, just go pick up the Bible, go join a local church and read it and read and read it until you believe it. Yeah, um, yeah and that's right. Like, this is C.S. Lewis, right? C.S. Lewis basically said, hey, um, if you don't, you know, if you don't love somebody, well, why don't you just think, what would a loving person do? What would somebody who did love this person do toward them or for them? And just do it. And what you'll find most of the time is that you start to, love them right like that's you know so there's part of us as creatures that we're made to do that we're made to you know um you know this is why you know ritual tradition like none of that is is necessarily inherently wrong or bad um it's made to be the kind of thing that that helps us that that guides us um but when you rely on those things as though it, it's it right that is the substance and the core of your faith. That's where your faith is directed. Well, what happens if all those people start to walk away, right? What happens if your favorite music artist all of a sudden is making podcasts about how, how ridiculous so much of Christianity is and how you really need to just start, you know, uh, start uh, trying to find some kind of enlightenment in the, the sensory deprivation tanks, you know, like that. What do you do? in that case well if your faith has always been in those people or in that artist or in in whatever it may be if that's been kind of the the thing that you've been really hanging on to um you're going to start to question the truth but if your faith has been in christ that's like that's not actually shocking that's actually something that the bible talks a lot about yeah. there's there's lots of times that this happens right and i think that's why if you look at a lot of these progressive churches um, and, and progressive, like the progressive Christian movement, that's a lot of what's happening, right? Is, is my, my real belief system is in this, this people around me and the, you know, the culture at large and myself. And so the, what we believe moves with the, the emotions and the instincts of the people I'm around. And so what happens in a lot of these progressive churches is, they still want to cling to some semblance of Christianity, but then they bring like everything that they bring in. That's like, that sounds good, you know, or something in my circles, like we're okay with this or the culture's okay with this. And so we bring in all sorts of like new views on homosexuality and um, the idea, you know, who God is, right. Because the, the old ones just didn't really fit with what we like. And that's what these churches become. And that's like what Gunger's doing. And then going back to when well, now he's doing the same thing, right? He's, I want to be in a place where everybody is a lot like me and my version of faith and my, the God that I worship is really just, it looks, he looks a whole lot like me, right? <laughs> the God I worship, I want to worship a God who values what I value, um, where I don't have to change anything or there's no way that I need to repent or I may be wrong. I want to be in a church that, you know, is it fits with everything that I think and will continue to fit with everything I think because it will progress in whatever direction um, the hearts of the people want to go. 
right? And um, I, I mean, I.e., right? Like that's not a church at this point. It's just not a church. If if it's somebody who does not any church that does not preach the exclusivity of Jesus Christ for salvation is just not a church at at that point. Um, so what you're, I mean, really, it all again, it comes back to you know, like it, who who's at the center of worship, and that for those of us who are in the church, this is, I think the, one of the battles of our time is there's a lot of cultural pressure for the church to move a certain way and to, and to capitulate to certain social and cultural ideals about what love is, what a loving God would do. Um, and like Elijah pointed out, the question of evil right in the world is, is one of those big pressures that they try to use to warp the view of God and just, you know, what Christians have historically believed about God can't be true because look at all these atrocities, right? Or why would God uh, condemn this when it seems to be so good to us? Um, and so, I mean, if you're, if you're in a church and for him, you know, he got a lot of backlash for this video because there's a lot of people who are saying this, those exact same things, right? At this point, like you're not worshiping God and you're not, worship, you're not a Christian and you're not looking for a Christian church. So, so what's this about? And then there's the other side, everybody who's like, I love this, you know, like I'm so drawn to that community and this community of love and acceptance. And, and the question is, what, what is that? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I want a church, but it's not like a church. It's like, uh, and then like, what? What What are you right. talking about? Would, would we want to see what his response is to the exclusivity of God? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. There's a great, like, great we, video. We, 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 we can give a short video. response to that. I know we've been going a little bit long, but like. Oh, I love it. Let's it, do it. Let's, it, let's go out on it. Do you oh, it? man. It, it is something else. I'd like to talk about exclusivity of religion and specifically idolatry for a second. I was raised as evangelical Christian. And what I was taught was that you weren't supposed to have other gods before me. That's what God said. And then you had Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And what I thought that meant was that there was like a bunch of options, right? Like a grab bag. We have a bottle, a bunch of these bottles of water, okay? And you had to make sure you had the right one. So all these different kinds of bottles, possibly you know, Buddha or Muhammad or Krishna or whatever. You had all these different kinds of options. There was one bottle in particular that was the right one. Through time, though, I discovered that that view had some limitations to it. There were some issues that came up. For instance, if my God was just one bottle among lots of bottles, one God amongst lots of gods. Isn't that kind of a small God? I thought God was supposed to be infinite. Secondly, what about the people who accidentally picked the wrong bottle? Are they really deserving of hell because they tried to find water somewhere else? If we think of this water bottle as Jesus and we hear it saying, I am the water that will quench your thirst, the one water. Well, what if we mistook the bottle for the water? What if that's what I got is? What if in this bottle the water was speaking? I'd like to talk about. Ugh. Yeah, it's brutal. I I literally it's just so cringe about this in my sermon on so that like hey, there's a lot of people that think hey that God is in all of us and in everything and and packaged in this way and and yeah, it's just this form. The form is not the truth, right? It's. Yeah, but God, God literally spoke 
and gave us these things, right? God, God literally took on flesh as a real yeah. man in history and came and delivered these things that we were to do. Like that's like I don't I, I don't see how he sees religion as like this a la carte because yeah. every single religion at least has some level of exclusivity claim. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, let's just pull from all of it. Let, let's tick off every single religion in this one video. <laughs> well, and this, I mean, he has his own exclusivity claim. In yeah. his religion, what's exclusive is anybody who says it's exclusive, yeah. which ironically is like pretty much all religions ever, <laughs> you know, right. like except for this very specific, like progressive thought. But, you know, he's he's so mad at everybody else for being exclusive. But then, you know, when you comment about the exclusivity of Jesus, your version of Christianity, though, is not included. That's not allowed. Um, you know, anybody who believes, you know, anyone who is a Muslim, right, who holds to what the Quran teaches, like, they're they're not included, right? I mean, it it's so clearly, like, logically, it just makes no sense. Um, it's such a self-refuting position. Um, and every religion makes some sort of claim to exclusivity. And I mean, I think like if he would benefit so much from just go read stories of people who have tried to figure out like what's the true religion and why is one, you know, why do people believe Christianity is true and just how many people have come to faith because when they've tested the things said in the scriptures and when they've tested the things found in other religions, how many of them walked away with faith in Jesus Christ, right? Just because because it is true, it's the only religion that holds up to the accusations and the, you know, the, the, everything that people would bring against it. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so horrible because you hear that all the time for progressives and it's, I mean, it's just not even logical. It's like hard to take seriously because it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. I watched this video and I think, man, if you were going to buy a car, and this guy walked out to meet you, you'd be like, I'm getting ripped off, right? Like you would just turn around. You would just leave. You wouldn't even talk to him. You would just turn around and get in your, your beat up old car that you wanted to trade in. You're like, I can't trust this guy for anything. Uh, and yet people say, watch this. They're like, what a profound thought. <laughs> no, you should just run, right. right? Just pretend he's trying to sell you a car because he's trying to sell you something much, much, uh, much worse than a bad deal on a car. So uh, turn around, run. This guy's bad news. <laughs> I'm trying to follow the line of argument of this bottle is it, but really what we need is just the water. <laughs> like it's just it, it. I don't. I don't understand why he's like why he thinks he's being so profound in this moment. This is the but, real thing: is that I'm so often somebody in this position, and this is particularly true of, of you know people that grew up in certain strands of evangelicalism and then walk away. They act like the fact that they've walked away um, gives them some kind of like profound insight into reality. They, they've got it the third eye. Right. And like, even if, if you were right, it means that you've been wrong forever. Like you're yeah. like, nobody should trust you or believe you. Um, the fact that you're also just not right, right. You've disconnected yourself and cut yourself off from truth, from truth and from knowledge and from wisdom um, from your actual access to reality, to illumination, um, to the light. Um, the fact that you've cut yourself off from that, it like you have nothing profound to offer anyone. Uh, but you do have, it just, sh it shows you the hubris of it. 
Yeah. Right. Ultimately, this this comes down to pride. Mm-hmm. You have always thought that you're profound and you're just now changing what it is that you're saying. But anybody who watches this, you know, from the vantage point of truth can see it and think, oh, man, this is so goofy. And it's it's particularly goofy because he thinks he's saying something interesting. Right. Like he thinks he's being interesting. He's not. He's not at all. Like this is the easiest, the easiest uh, thing to refute and has been refuted time and time again, right. down through history over and over again. Much like the problem of evil, much like all these other, you know, uh, statements about, you know, well, maybe things are actually different. Maybe this isn't the way that it is. It's all been done before. It's all been questioned before. I mean, you are not new or interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are not you are not an original. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are not. You're not <laughs> and, an original. And if you do have an original thought, stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably heresy. Right. Right. <laughs> well, thank you guys. This has been fun. This has been fun with Gunger. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. We've brought, you know, Fun-ger. probably probably could pull some more out, but uh but this was good while it lasted. Hey, go be interesting. Uh, read your Bible, repent of your sins, trust in Christ. Hey, thank you for listening to Restless. Even though I wasn't here, I listened to it too. It was great, wasn't it? If you want more from us, from me, from Michael, from others, why don't you sign up for the Patreon? It's going to be great. Also, would you do me a quick favor and send us feedback, a question, a comment, a tweet, something to react to? here for our big 400k 300k download show whatever it ends up being thank you later we'll see all right i I am probably going to get a bit unhinged on this one i I cannot stand that truly truly is hitting hard i cannot stand My Here we go. Save it. Save it. We're about to do it. Ready? I'll bring us in. That's so bad.